0: Calico Haunt's right there with Killing's Worth. That was off of their after all album that came out, what, a year ago now?
1: Yeah, about that.
0: If you could, come on up into the microphone. I have Wiley Pamplin and Alex Eigelhart. You guys have a show tomorrow night at the Berkeley Cafe. And we'll be giving away tickets for that a little bit later in the hour. But we also want to talk about some new recordings you guys have, as well as, after all, the album that came out about a year ago now. I loved it, personally. I thought it was a great album, but you guys didn't really promote it too much.
2: We... Played about half a dozen shows with that lineup after that record came out. People just got real busy, uh, and we took a long break where we didn't have a full lineup to perform live. I think that record would have gotten more more attention. Promotion and played more shows and just followed it up. But we didn't. We just started working on another record as soon as that was done. That kind of seems to be the pattern with me. Like if there isn't a lineup around to play shows why not do recordings at that point
0: right so sort of like uh you were what the album of the month or something in the independent weekly yeah. and there wasn't too much promotion for it at all just sort of you know yeah. sort of band members had to had to leave and stuff like that yeah you
2: know? i've always been terrible with the commerce side of, of uh, this whole thing it's, i don't know if i was really meant to ever become public <laughs> figure or put the songs out there
0: yeah out it's, there. it's definitely a different thing from you know, writing an album and recording an album to actually sort of pushing it and yeah. promoting it and get oh, it's. get people to listen. Right? Yeah. It's totally different. Yeah. The business side of things always are way different than the actual music making, yeah. I'd have to say. There was
1: also a lot going on with, at the time that the record was completed or being completed, pretty much three new members were coming into the group, um, including myself. And so it was, everyone kind of got on the record a little bit at the end. Alex had recorded most of it in his basement, and uh, and then at that time, you know, we were still kind of congealing, I guess, as a band, and, and trying to play the occasional show, and, uh, and then it was on to the next one, you know, and then we, we had some member members drop, and some members stick around, and yeah, so, you know, you hit some roadblocks, and you keep going.
0: As far as, you know, coming into the band and learning the music, you know, that Alex had been recording, how long does it take to you know, take that music and sort of make it into a band sound, make it into your own for a live performance?
1: For me, it didn't feel like too much of a stretch just because it, it just so happens that the majority of the music that I grew up listening is uh, very similar to what Alex grew up listening. And I found the first time I heard Alex's music a couple of years ago, uh, way before I was in the band, I was instantly drawn to it and knew that I wanted to be a part of it uh, just because we have very similar tastes. So for me, it was easy. I'd say for everyone who was new, it was pretty easy because we were all really into it. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, we've never... I mean, none of the songs are all that complex. They're all simple to a certain extent. And um, I do have kind of a formula in a sense. And it's worked in that I've never had a lineup really learn a set list well and go out there and play the same set list over and over again. I always end up swapping songs out. I always end up introducing new songs. So... I don't think there's ever been a year that the Calico Haunts felt like, oh, we really know this set well, and we're knocking them down out yeah. there. It's never been like that. It's always been about half improv, you know, based around song structures that were on whatever record I had just made.
0: <laughs> yeah, Let's go ahead and uh, listen to a track here, a brand new. And we'll start off, and we'll come back, and we'll talk a little bit about the, the these new songs here. But we'll start off, I believe the song is called Left the Saddle. Yes. And this features... Heather McIntyre, who was in earlier today. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about these in just a minute. Filthy bird right there. It's called High to the Trees. Before that was the Calico Haunts with a brand new song called Left the Saddle. Joining me, I have Wiley and Alex of Calico Haunts, band out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and probably one of the most cursed bands ever. You guys are cursed. There's no other way, better way to put it. I mean, you, you came out with a, an incredible record. It's called After All last year. And then the, the band kind of fell apart after that. And then you started recording a new album once you got everything situated with that. And what happened?
2: Um, it was stolen.
0: Come into the microphone, Alex. <laughs> Can't hear you. Uh,
2: uh, it was stolen. Yeah. Um, but that's okay because we, we, uh, went and made it again very quickly.
0: So what was stolen? The equipment, the recordings? Yeah.
2: Uh, we got our recording stuff stolen and, uh, the hard drive that all the stuff was on. Yeah. You know, it was gone. Um, and there was nothing that we could salvage. We had all these CDRs that we were using to listen to in the car of rough mixes and we tried to do that for a moment. We're like, oh, well, we can just like, make this a little bit better and polish it up. And it, just, it was just not worth it. It was better to just go do the whole thing again. And I'm glad we did.
0: Um, so you say it, it comes out better now than it was before. Yeah. There's a little yeah. more angst in there, I'd Yeah, say.
2: there might be a tiny bit of angst. We're real low on the angst meter. That's true. So, uh, yeah. That's definitely.
0: How did you feel when you walked in your house and all your stuff? your band was stolen. What was your immediate reaction?
2: I thought he had done something with the gear, like had moved <laughs> it into another room or something. Yeah. But I don't know. It took a while. Because we were really close to finishing the record. We were like two weeks away. It was about six months of work. That was yeah. That. And we had spent six months on the first one. We were two weeks away from that being done. And we came home, no record, start over again. We gave ourselves like two weeks off where we just kind of like boohooed around. And then we got a little bit of money from insurance because we had renter's insurance. So everyone get renter's insurance. It's great. It's great to take advantage of those people. Um, <laughs> and so we got some money from renter's insurance, and we bought all the gear that we had before. We wanted the same rig that we had before, but we just made it a little bit better. Like, we got some nicer stuff here and there and got started again. It was really only, like, two weeks before we were trying to knock out the songs. The hardest thing was was that we were so hooked on these older versions of songs. And if anything was like a beat per minute off from the older version, we were like, what is wrong with this song? Let's do it another 15 times. And once we let go of that and realized that it was going to be a different thing altogether and the songs would sound a little
0: different. How long did it take you to realize that?
1: I don't know. Um, It was kind of a process of slamming our heads into a wall a couple of times and trying to recreate something that in a lot of ways was... uh, I don't know, when we recorded those songs, some of them were first takes, I think, and yeah. it was just kind of off the cuff, some of it, and it was, we found it to be magical. We thought it was great, and then to try to recreate that after it's gone, and you do it a hundred times to try to recreate it, and uh, and you're just not getting anywhere with it. Uh, you just have to accept that it's not going to be the same thing. It's going to be its own its own piece, and, uh, and then I think from that experience, Alex wrote some new songs, and we replaced some of the ones that we found to be not up to muster with some new ones. As a band, what did it do for the band? Did it bring you tighter? Was it? Was
0: there a moment where you were like, oh, you know, screw it all, just forget about it? I mean, was there ever that moment? No. You never to <laughs> no, there
1: was, there was uh, one moment I was, uh, you know, we were all pretty torn up about it, but I was in the kitchen washing dishes, and uh, everyone was real quiet and pretty upset about the whole thing. And then after about five minutes of, silence i heard alex crank up his amp to i don't know what um and just this dropped e chord just shook the house and i knew that was kind of a a don't tread on me moment where okay yeah this is going to keep going and uh, this isn't going to stop us yeah that's so corny i'm gonna
2: cry <laughs> i know i know it's, i know it's
1: incredibly corny but it meant something to me at the time because yeah. i i was unsure of what was going to happen at that point right
0: well, let's talk a little bit about the recording. We just heard one, and you're coming out with a full length sometime later this year. Right. So was this all, how much of this was old material versus new material? It's all new. Well, it's I mean, all... from, like, the record they got stolen.
2: Oh, as far as the writing and all that. Um, we've never figured that out. I would say there were probably three or four songs on the original version of the record that we swapped out, that we swapped out for other songs. We had about five or six songs that we knew, like, we gotta run with that one. That one's decent, you know. But yeah, they're two different records. For a while, we thought we were gonna stream the rough mixes of the old one, just so people could see how they're different. But now I don't really have time for that. You know, life's short. I'm not gonna bother with all that. But uh, they are a little different from each other. I do think the newer one that we
1: did is better. Yeah, I agree. And it was also a, we we made a list of everything we would have done differently if hypothetically our record was stolen so we did we made little adjustments and we able to uh bring in our friends a couple of friends to play on it like uh renee from filthy bird and mm-hmm. heather from mount mariah and uh genevieve from lost in the trees also right. played on it and the rest uh yeah, you got eric haugen who's right. uh, been with the band as long as i have and uh, scott carl scott carl yes or
0: yeah. all and alex Eigelhart and wally pamplin I, i'm saying Eigelhart, right Yeah, you got it Okay, man. I'm so bad at pronouncing stuff. I apologize. Uh, But y'all all all make up the Calico Haunts. Band out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. You guys have a new album coming out this fall. Any date set on when it's going to be released or how it's going to be released?
2: I'm just going to say October because that's what I was saying a long time ago. So I'm going to say that. I think that we're safe to say that.
0: Any record label?
2: I'm not going to get into that. Okay. It's probably going to be me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: compare it to after all your last album compare those two
2: after all was like eight months of me doing all these demos to an eight track and forcing myself to only work on this eight track not use computer software or anything like that not have endless tracking not do any pro tool stuff whatsoever that's how i made that record and it's all bounced so you're stuck with whatever you've done like you'll bounce drums, bass, and your acoustic guitars down to two tracks and keep going. And that was the fun thing about that record. It's really messy. But I was forced to live with all these mixes as I went. Um, And most bands are cutting and pasting and doing all that. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it all in this little $200. Why did you
0: decide to do it that way? Uh,
2: Just comfort. And it just... I think around that time I had gotten Cubase for my computer, and I realized like all the things I could do with it, and I was just like, oh, but it's just not as cool as like the rawness of doing it this other way. So I did it that way, and it definitely has limitations, and you can hear some of them on that record. But that's kind of what made that record special, I think, was the, like I made this poor little like consumer grade Tascam 8 direct. <laughs> make this entire album and there was actually like a whole nother albums worth of material besides after all that didn't make it onto after all it was just this ongoing mess that i was adding to and working on
0: yeah well this is to a, another brand new track here wellington blues is the title of this one mm-hmm. Some brand new moaners right there on the local beat. That song is called Cowboy Bob. And I am joined in studio by Wiley and Alex of the Calico Haunts. We're here mostly, I guess, to promote this show you guys are playing tomorrow evening. We've been talking about some new music you played as well as some of the older tracks off the After All album, but you are playing tomorrow night, July 31st at the Berkeley Cafe in Raleigh with the Dead String Brothers. I don't know the Dead String Brothers at all.
2: Oh, they're great, they're from Detroit. And they just tore like madmen. I mean, they tore all the time. They're on Bloodshot Records. Yeah, they're great. If you're into the Stones or the Faces or stuff like that, I mean, they are a really, really pro band. I saw them in Raleigh a few years back when Mm -hmm. they were coming around. They played played that old uh, uh, barbecue restaurant that was out there on Capitol Boulevard. They used to do shows.
0: That was before my time, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: (laughs) But they played there, and they were probably people there yet they played a show as if they were playing in front of like hundreds of people yeah. they were so professional and they sounded so good super good band yeah with a great pedal steel player i mean they're a really good band
1: doors open at 8 p.m what guy, time do you guys go on uh we're second out of four bands so um i think that'll put us on somewhere around 9 or 9 30 i think yeah. they're trying to run it uh pretty tight to accommodate the four bands and i believe the dead string brothers and uh whitey morgan in the 78s have another show in north carolina in the afternoon, and they'll be coming in to Raleigh to play in the evening. When was the last
0: time Calico Haunts played in Raleigh?
2: 2007.
0: It's been that long? Mm-hmm. Back, every Back before years? I was in the band. Wow. What's well, been the, I mean, obviously the past year, y'all didn't play live really at all. But what right. about from like 2007 to 2009?
2: Why we didn't play in Raleigh? Yeah. Did you forget about us over here? No, No, I didn't. You're bigger <laughs> than we are. I don't know. I, don't know. I just... Yeah, I mean, it is weird how the triangle is separated. I'm starting to see that kind of change a little bit. And Durham's getting so much cooler these days. Mm-hmm. It's almost smarter to go play there sometimes. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. I guess I didn't know uh, of any other bands in Raleigh that I knew close enough that I felt comfortable uh, booking shows to them.
0: Do you think the triangle is separating a little bit as far as the music scene is concerned, like yes. Raleigh and Chapel Hill and Carrboro and stuff like mm-hmm. that? Why do you think that is?
2: I grew up in Baltimore, which is like forty-five minutes from DC or whatever. And DC and Baltimore are totally different scenes; it's mm-hmm. never ever related. Like, very, very different aesthetics. So, I mean, it makes sense. I would think that we'd be a little closer with the triangle, that bands would interact more.
1: I think they do. You just we we probably just need to be more outgoing. I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, I think I think you you do see bands who who find great success in in playing Durham, Chapel Hill, Raleigh, Greensboro, Wilmington, you know, they go all over. And and it's just networking. We're uh, Yeah, we're the
2: wrong band to ask. (laughs) (laughs) We really are, man.
0: Are you guys just, excuse me, are you guys just like really chill, just relaxed, I guess not really self-promoter types?
2: Yeah, I'm terrible about it. Yeah, I'm terrible. I'm trying to change that by having him do all the PR work for me. Well, we actually had a deal that he was going to do all the talking <laughs> when we came in here, and I would just sit here and stare at you. <laughs> yeah, which, which, <laughs> makes, which makes no sense. This is, this is the guy who started the band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Writes the songs. Just super shy, I guess. I don't
0: know. Now, as far as, as far as songwriting goes, you know, after all, it's pretty much you, Alex. Yeah. How much of this next record is the rest of the band versus you?
2: This one that's about to come out? Right. Um, I mean, I wrote all the songs. but uh, I don't know, Wiley and I worked on a lot of things together. There was nothing that went on that record that I didn't pass through him first. And if he had any doubts about anything, it was gone. Uh, And that was really great. It's good to have someone that you can bounce stuff off of, that knows you, knows what your good songs sound like, knows what your crappy songs sound like. Um, It just, it's great to have that. Uh, So yeah, this record, though the songwriting credits would go to me with ASCAP or whatever. Um, he had an enormous part to do with it.
0: Yeah. So we'll compare this, I mean, After All it was just you. So do you think that this next one is better than After All?
2: Um, after All was me and Jenny Snyder. I was bouncing ideas okay. off of Jenny Snyder. Um, I don't know. They're different records. I'm not going to say one's better than the other one. The newer one's definitely more polished because we had better equipment. Um, they're different things.
0: Well, let's go ahead and play some of The Honor Guests right now. This is an older track. They're coming out with the first record in, what, four years, five years? Something like that. It's been a while for The Honor Guests, so uh, that would be a great release party. This is called Summer Snow. $2 Pistols, that song is called Hands Up before that, we had the honored guest with Summer Snow, and you're listening here to the local beat for the next like two minutes or so before Uncle Paul comes on with Friday Night Request Rock. Uh, but we do want to mention one last time that the Calico Haunts are playing with the Dead String Brothers tomorrow night at the Berkeley Cafe. Doors open at 8 p.m. Calico Haunts, y'all probably going around 9:30, something like that. Maybe around in there,
1: yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, we're just very excited to get added to this bill. Uh, Daniel Schram, the promoter does a couple shows a year, and he's a big Dead String Brothers fan. And uh, we we asked and and feel very fortunate to have been added to the bill because we, uh, we love the Dead String Brothers. It's four-band bill. Doors are at eight. And uh, it'll be my first time playing Raleigh with the Haunts. I'm, I'm very Yeah, excited.
0: and the first time the Haunts have played in Raleigh since 2007. So it's been a long time coming here for that. Well, Wiley, Alex, I want to thank you so much for coming in on the local beat this evening and chatting with me and playing some great local music and stuff yeah thanks a lot look thanks forward for to the us. album coming out a little bit later in the year in the meantime we're gonna take a quick break come right back uncle Paul is coming on next with friday night request rock right here on wknc